Good afternoon. It is 2 p.m. Saturday, July the 25th of 2020. I'm Leon Davis, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment, the weekly podcast covering people, politics, and professions. I'd like to thank you very much for joining me uh, this afternoon. We're going to be, I have uh, a couple of guests. Well, we have one guest, and uh, we may be expecting a couple of more. And then we'll open up the show a little later, and we're talking about fathers and being a father. And so I hope you'll enjoy it. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. All righty. Huh? That picture you showed just, you know, with Altitude Adjustment just coming in, mm-hmm. it shows a dad tossing up his son. I, yeah. I like that picture. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you. I put a lot of work into that. That's uh, creating those graphics and stuff. Well, thank you. So, so one of the things, uh, last week we had the discussion about uh, Black Lives Matter and um, we had that uh, a lot of guests on. And one of the things that happened in that podcast is, is, is a question that's actually I'm going to talk about a little later. I don't want to get into it now, but it got me to thinking about, you know, being a father and, and how that was important. And so I decided to do this podcast about fatherhood. And I just wanted to, to, to share some ideas with, you know, what fatherhood was like with me. And I was hoping that you guys would share some ideas about what you, you know, what fatherhood was like for you. And, and, um, cause so let's just get started. And then, and then it'll fill itself out as we go along. Cause I don't want to, um, direct the conversation in a different way before we even get started good. So, so I'll share first, um, when my, I only have one daughter and when my daughter was coming along, when, when I found out that her mother was pregnant, I was absolutely terrified. I was absolutely terrified. The one thing that I, that kept running across my mind was, um, I was going to be the reason that she was in therapy by the age of 12 and she would, you know, be so totally screwed up that, uh, she wouldn't even be recognizable as a human being. And, you know, after about age four, uh, or actually about age two, two and a half, I started to calm down and realize that she was, she wasn't as fragile or as breakable as I had created in my mind. Did you guys find that that to be the case? No, I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, so what was it like when you? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Huh? Say I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let your story play out before I before I chime in. So when you first came along, what were, what were you like, Leonard? Uh, my wife, my first wife and I had, was, was planning it. I mean, the three kids that we had were adopted. So we had to go through classes. We had to be certified, adopt uh, foster parents. I did take another class to be certified adoptive parents. So we were waiting for the little bundle of joy. And when we finally got him, 
We finally brought him home a day before he turned six months old. And uh, I just, I was excited. You know, when I first got the message that we've been approved in the staffing for him, I was at work and my wife had to call me at work. And I was walking through the engine house. Yeah, I'm a dad. I'm a dad. My first boy. Yahoo! Yahoo! I was acting like I was acting like a, a college boy in in a dorm party, you know, getting hot fives and everything. So I I I would just say I was excited. I was excited to be that first one. And then it was a few minutes after that, I said, whoa. I got a major responsibility here. I got to grow up. <laughs> how you doing, Leonard? Hey, how you doing, Leon, fellas? How y'all guys doing? We're doing all right. Hey. All right, Leonard. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, brothers? I'm helping my brother-in-law fix his car. Okay. Okay. So, so let me introduce. Uh, so, uh, let me introduce Leonard to uh, J uh, to James and to Warren. So Warren is the guy with the headsets and glasses and James is in the two colored shirt. And so, you know, the rest of us and Leonard uh, was married to our sister, my Leonard. And so we got two Leonard's in here <laughs> and Leonard, Leonard. we've got, What's we've up, got Leonard? three Leonard's in the family. Cause Leonard has a Leonard junior. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so there's a I, lot I of Leonard's. Huh? There we go. <laughs> So there's a lot of Leonard's in our family, but anyway, um, so we, we had just gotten started. I'm glad you were able to join us. Um, so, so I don't know, what's a good way to, to I'm gonna call my brother Lynn and then I'll call you Leonard. Okay. Does that work? That's how it works. Okay, so, so James, you wanted to, to comment on um, Leonard's story. Was that, was that the case? Well, you know what? It for me to chime in. If this is a really good time to piggy tail back because his story ties into my story, somewhat. Um, you know, for me, I lived my entire twenties as a single person. I was, you know, and and fatherhood was the furthest thing from my mind. Um, but I had uh, in a church that I was involved in. You know, I started to date single women single single women that had kids and so that really became what i felt like i wanted to do so i so i so i had that in my mind already single mom with kids extra level of maturity what i want to have you know automatic adoption done you know whatever whatever case may be um so with Stephanie, then that's kind of how my wife and i met now it was an added caveat because she could no longer have kids and I had yet to have kids. And I had to think, Hmm, is this, is this worth it? You know, is, is this, is this really worth it? Am I really ready to do Am I ready to do fatherhood one? And then two, am I ready to do fatherhood in this way? That's a tough question to ask, but the overwhelming answer was yes. You know, and 23 years later, life is good. You know, not without pitfalls. We'll talk all about those, but in 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 the end, twenty three later years later, we're 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 still together. Um, oddly enough, that our you know 
our youngest daughter uh, took a very deep liking and still loves Len's oldest son. So she became the automatic, she became the babysitter. Well, we while the adults got to enjoy themselves for a minute or two. Um, so, you know, and that, but that doesn't end my story. We, we ended up taking in to other kids whose parents were not involved with their life. And these were t- two teenage girls who had, um, who were missing school. They were skipping. They were kind of, you know, just, just kind of out there. Um, but once we, once we put them back on the radar, the, you know, I was just going to say the system found them and through, you know, long, long, long story short, um, Midori, our youngest, our young, our, our daughter had invited them over for a week, for one night, for one night, they never left home. <laughs> dad, dad never picked them up. Mom never, mom was absent, didn't call. Uh, and, and you know, it, and Aunt eventually came by and brought more clothes. Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what how, that's how that relationship began in September two thousand five. Um, you know, but fifteen later, fifteen years later, you know, one's more, one's less tied in to us than the other, but it's still a joy, and. It's it has every round of challenges. We went through the legal system. Watched uh, a judge call the biological parents unfit, and gave us approximately two minutes to decide whether they were going to go to group home or come home with us. Um, and that was and that was <laughs> that was our choice. We had to, we had to make that decision, and we we, we brought them home. And that's kind of where, so the emotions of fatherhood have been everywhere from, you know, you know, from the joy of watching them graduate high school uh, to the anger and anger when they miss uh, time where they, where they have to be grounded and if the consequences are, you know, I miss holiday parties. So uh, James, I'm going to stop you right there. Because because these are these are issues that I, I want to cover a little later, so is that okay? Beautiful, good. Okay, that's beautiful. That's good stuff. So um, Warren or Leonard, um, kind of give me a perspective on what your um, in, what your what 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 was your take on your first child coming? Either one of you want to speak up? Oh, okay. You want me? Okay, I'm Leonard. He's Lynn. Okay. Right. He's um, <laughs> my first experience with um, <laughs> my first experience with my son was a uh, was a ultimate joy, uh, Leon. Uh, just to see him born and to to cut that umbilical cord and just to see him and just to hold him and it was just a joyful thing for me. Um, he has been a uh, beautiful. All my boys are beautiful. They're they're raised right. They talk right. Uh, they speak right and um, they talk, you know, right. And um, I love it. Uh, beforehand, I was I was a guardian to my three nephews. I raised them. So prior to that, to having my boys now, uh, it was it's really a joyful thing. And I and I love being a father. 
I love my boys. They they keep me going. They keep me. They 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 give me that push, man. You know, to 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 do the things I do. You know, they keep me going with my health. I can't eat sugar. I can't eat salt. So I got to sneak off and do it. So, <laughs> but I love my boys for that. They're awesome. But if I pick up any kind of cake, man, I have to go in the back somewhere and eat it. So. <laughs> That's that's the joy. Let me know what I'm talking about, but that's the joyful thing of yeah. having kids that 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 care about you, man. I mean, these boys are beautiful, and I love being a father. Um, I wouldn't change nothing in the world. I I take these boys over a million bucks, man. I swear I would. So I love it. So so Warren, did you wanna did you wanna uh, add to that? Talk about uh, you know what it was like for you and your mind when you you had that thought of that first one coming home. Well, okay, so that particular question, I'm I'm gonna uh, bypass. Okay, you're gonna bypass that one. Very good. Yeah, and I, yeah. Go ahead. So, so, um, so as James was talking about, there's there's all of these life experiences that you pick up being a father that 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 you go through. There's the the good, the bad, the ups and downs. The you know, some things are um easy to have easy easy to deal with one of the things that for me was a significant challenge was uh co-parenting because my parenting style was so much different than the parenting style of her mother mm -hmm. uh yeah so i that that's a common experience you want to so i'll share mine and then, and then, you know, give you guys a chance to share. So what your, yours was, um, so her mother, um, this was her first daughter, or this is her only daughter. She had two sons prior to Keisha and Keisha's my daughter. And, um, I I say this a lot, and I, I can't prove it, but I believe it in my heart. If if she could have sent me to Canada, her her mother would have sent me to Canada because she wanted to raise our daughter. You know, she had her her idea. She was uh, I won't say set in her ways, but she um, was you know was definitely. Um, definitely headstrong about how to raise my daughter. And so I had to make a, a big adjustment because she was the custodial parent. And so, so it was a tough situation. It was a tough, uh, it was a tough transition to um, subordinating what I felt uh, I was due as a father to what um, her mother would uh, would uh, allow me to do as a, as the father of my daughter. So so, what was your experience like in the co-parenting aspect of raising your children? Well, I know for me, for my first wife, we were very similar. We talked it out. Hold there on a second. Some honey. differences. Hold on a second. Does does someone have like a television or something going on in the background? Hold on. Try that. 
Okay. There was some difference <clears throat> just based on what mom and dad did with us and what her mom did with her and growing up stuff. But we had a general we had a general uh, consensus agreement. A general consensus, a general foundation that we could send it. So that wasn't an issue. The issue of co-parenting got with me when, you, as y'all know, uh, James and Leon and Leonard, when my first wife died. And after a year of basically being in what I would consider depression, you know, I met my other wife. And that was the time Sam had already started acting up, but he really went haywire. So that put stress on the relationship because he, he determined I should have waited till he left home before having another relationship. So that was a challenge for kid. Uh, and she has definite ideas about how to raise kids. And, you know, in, in a lot of areas, they're different from that. Uh, because I withstood and didn't let her have everything she wanted her way that's caused problems with us. Um, you know, and it's just like, I don't believe in you get a kid negative and you stay on that for 18 hours. So what would and you- And when something positive, so when something positive happens, you, you just, you after five seconds, you let it go. I, get, I understand. So one of the biggest things. So if if you if you were talking to your son and okay, he was, which one? He was huh? Which son? It, the youngest he's your one son. Your, any son. And, okay. And he was talking about you know um, him and and his uh, the mother of his child or having difficulty in parenting because they have such disparate ideas what would be your right. suggestion to help him find a, a level of peace with dealing with that uh a lot of this would depend on the type of person he is and the type of person she is. where you can find common ground so that's the first thing you look and you stay on that. Uh, assuming that they're having this baby together, you know, you, you, you have to discuss some things out. You know, you have to have some things out. Five times. Okay, in this situation, whose thing prevails? Whether she prevails, whether he prevails. Uh... You know, if we have disagreements, do we have it in front of the kids? We don't involve our kids in a disagreement, even if it means sending the kids in another room while y'all hash it out. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. Don't do your disagreements in front of the children. Because mm -hmm. that has some real bad effects to it. So, James, what, what, was, what has been your experience as far as uh, co-parenting? I, you know, 
the first thing I had to do was actually find a find a role because it, when you enter a union with a single parent, a previously single parent, they were both parents. They were mother and father. And so there's a there there are two things that have to happen. There you have to earn well three things that have to happen. There's one you have to earn the trust. You have to earn the trust of the of the of the parent, of the other parent, of the mother. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you have to be able to be strong enough to enter to be that father figure and understand what they had before, and be in a and kind of subset a be what you know be what you know what whatever they they lacked before. And then elevate that to what you're going to become, but then C. But but thirdly, you have to earn the respect of the kids. And all three of them working work in unison. And without that, um, you have there's there's going to be a lot more communication challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we found out, as we as as the kids got older, um, there's always a challenge of that platform of of respect for the parent in in making sure that the, the you know there's there's mutual respect and in a way, but still the parent is is the parent and the child's the child. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so all of those things really played in 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 my role as I see it as a role of learning a how to be a parent, which is what I had to do first, and then two, be lockstep with my wife when we have to make any kind of joint decisions, you know, that had to do with the children because it's the easiest thing to want to do is mom play against dad mm-hmm. or dad play against mom, and usually, you know. And I just try, but they found out quickly enough. No, they're 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 that's gonna stop at the door. They're gonna fail miserably. So, and they still try it. <laughs> but so did, that's, did you? That's where I. I'm sorry. Did you want to say something, Leonard? Oh, um, about co-parenting. Uh, just piggybacking off of him. Just piggyback, piggybacking off of him, and uh, with the co-parenting, it's it could. You know, it deals with a lot of sacrifice, uh, communication, as he said, uh, just working together and knowing that what child going to test you. And, you know, like he just said, they, they'll try you. So, you know, just coming together as one and staying positive together, you know, and that takes a lot. And that's one of the things with co-parenting that, you know, two parents need, you know, just that communication, that togetherness, you know, um, even with everything, religion, everything, just having an understanding on what's what and who what and, you know, coming together as one. So, you know, I, I, co-parent is cool with me. I love co-parent. So. <laughs> so, so, what, so one of the things that I'll say is, um, so I've learned over the years, or at least I've come up with the idea that that you try to, so, so you don't stop and always think uh, of the, you know, I'm going to pick a woman who uh, loves to, you know, give her the baby's father more 
autonomy in raising the child. So, so it would be, I, I think it would be difficult for me to say uh, to someone, to my son. My son was asking me, saying, you know, how do I resolve the problems? How would I resolve an issue of um, bumping heads with the, the baby's mother about um, what, what I, co-parenting? And so I think it would be difficult to say, um, try to pick someone that has your value system. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds really good, but um, raising children can be an extremely emotional ride. And what happens, I think, during that ride is um, sometimes what you think you were going to do or what you think you wanted to say it just doesn't come out your come out of your mouth that way, or the person that that you're dealing with, you think they're 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 going to be, you know, extremely logical and you know uh, um, respect you as a man that that you can handle this, um, but even when they they trust you, and they your partner your partner trusts you. They will still challenge your decisions. So I don't know what I could say to someone who was saying, you know, I, I'm trying to um, I'm trying to get things done with my son or my daughter. And, and I think we approach raising boys differently than we approach raising girls. And that's something I want to address in a little bit. But um, the, so, so for me, it's a difficult question to be able to answer for somebody on how to, to resolve those issues uh, because it can be a, a super charged kind of thing. And if you're a guy, you, you want to resolve problems. That's, that's what you do. And you, don't, you, you, want to, you want it to be over and done with. But now you have to deal with well, this is our son and you can't be too hard on him and you don't think you're being hard, but you know, they don't trust that, that what you're saying is going to be good for the child. So they're going to push back against that. And then how do you manage those two? I I couldn't give anybody. So the best advice I would give is um, live in the moment you'll understand what ticks your wife off or your partner off and try to work with that as best you can and still accomplish the goals that you feel you need to as the father of your child. So we passed you a couple of times. Warren, you done? You gonna, you gonna no, skip I, this one too? No, no, I mean, everything you said makes sense. My situation is just a little bit different. And I didn't want to go into a lot of those details, but I will say uh, I agree with what you said about um, the two different parenting styles having to come, having to figure out how to work as a team. You know, when when you might have one style, they might have a different style. How do you compromise for the best? You know, mm-hmm. and then a lot of times those kids are looking at you and it's like, you know, all right, he's over here with this. 
he's over here with that. And so they're picking and choosing how they are going to negotiate and deal with situations that come up because they know one parent's going to uh, give them a different uh, opinion on certain things. So they, they, they analyze the situation. Kids are really smart, you know, and they will definitely mm -hmm. work, work against you two as a couple if they, if they have to to get what they want. So being on the same page is really important as a team and that comes through experience and, and talking about it a lot, you know, how are we going to handle these situations? And that's something I would say we probably really didn't do ahead of time. You know, we kind of figured it out as we went along. So having that conversation at the beginning helps a lot, you know, to know how to handle these situations. But, you know, we, we worked it out over time. So Kim last week, uh, Kim, uh, for, um, Leslie, Kim Ferguson. Um, one of the things that she said last week, which, which really got me started on doing this podcast was she talked about, um, where mothers love their sons and raise their daughters. And so basically what she was saying was, is that as a mother, her expectations of her daughter are greater than her expectations of her son and that she tends to give him more leniency than she does the daughter. And, and she, she was saying in that, that, that we need to, that she needs to raise both of her children. And one of the things that, um, the way I see it is as the father, so I didn't have any sons, but I had nephews and I was re and, and I know that my relationship with my nephews, um, because they're boys, is going to be different than my relationship with my daughter as a girl. And I think that it's acceptable to love your daughter and raise your son. I know how to be a man. I know how to be a man. I know how to raise a man. I know what my son needs in order to survive. I can't be a woman. I don't care how hard I try. I can't be a woman. And so my expectation, so, so I think it's fair for me to love my daughter and raise my son. And then the daughter's, uh, my daughter's mother raises our daughter and loves our son. Do you, do you think that that's fair? That's, that's a good idea. Well, I think what she was trying to point out was the fact that, and correct me if I'm wrong, the uh, issue came when she realized looking back that I don't think the man was there to raise the son and therefore, there was uh, some shortcomings, some things that weren't addressed. If, if that's the well, that that's part of it, but because she was a single parent. But but there's but but she's but she's saying that, but she's saying that as as universal and not just for single parents. Sure, sure. That even in a relationship where the they're both parents are in the household, um, women tend to love their sons and raise their daughters. 
And, and the reason I know that is because her and I have had this conversation before. So, so, so I understood what, what she was trying to say. And she was trying to say that, um, that her expectations of her son should be the same as her expectations for her daughter. And to some degree, I agree with that, but I do believe that, um, a relationship should allow for the father to be more, to be differently in, engaged with the son than he, he is with his daughter. James, I agree. I mean, I agree. I, I I agree with the concept. There's, I've never between Sean and Midori, and and eventually Rhonda and Desiree. Between I, I never really, I dissimilated between the two. You know, I separate, and I knew who was who and what. You know, who was who was the man, who was the woman, and um. But then you you throw in the additional dynamics of extended family, and yes, where that yes. to the to the situation, because if there is a very strong pull from a grandparent, like it was in our case in raising Sean, especially, um, or 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 any other type of you know other influence then your uh, that challenge is compromised and you and one parent or the other depending on if it's the son you know you're talking about over you know it's that raising part like with me you know stephanie had to do both in, in raising her son and her daughter but we we were very good at kind of her letting that part go uh, is in kind of letting me do the raising of Sean. So there, there are things, you know, as we know, as black men, that we can only teach our black sons because of just how the world is right now. That's mm -hmm. a given. Um, and I think some of that, some of what she was saying ties into the times of now and and yesterday um just what has been systemic over years and years over generations um i hope that blends further because there's things that there are there are attributes that both parents can give a son and a daughter to round them out for complete individuals. So what do you think, Leonard? I'm sorry, did, were you finished? Yep. Oh, okay. So so what so what is your thought, Leonard, on you know um, being being having a different relationship with your daughter, a different type of relationship with your daughter than you have with your son? Well, with the girl, it's more of a of the sensitive side part, and with the boys, it's more of the manly side. So, I mean, it's really a difference. Is you know, you you know, you come down on a young girl, she'll start crying, and you're like, oh man, what did I do? With versus the boy, you say something to him, and be like, oh, I'm cool, dad. You know, 
But it's been times where my daughter, you know, I come to her and she'll say, you yelled at me or something like that. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, you know. But with a boy, you're like, man, you can take that, you know. And it's a, it's a little difference, Leon. It's, it is. It's really a difference. But it's more of a sensitive side or a compassionate side to it. So, um, that's that. So, um, so we're going to uh, go ahead and wrap it up. And um, while I know that we each have enjoyed being a father, kind of share with me what is your number one enjoyment of being a father? Hmm. Well, I know I for me, uh, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I would say just after 20, 30 or more years, you know, looking back and looking at them now and saying, you know, they did well, they turned out okay, you know, um, that, that gives you a sense of pride, a sense of joy, knowing that they were successful, they made it through school, they have jobs, you know. Anybody else? Yes, I'm, 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 the I'm same looking way. forward. Oh, go ahead, Lynn. I was looking forward. I'm looking forward to the day Warren just described. Uh, you know, I got Sam, and he ended up where he ended up. And we're still, I'm still looking for him to find himself and correct himself. And I can just say, okay, that's good. Now I got two at home and there's just times that I spend a lot of time trying to input some good to counteract some of the negative that she lets fly on her mind. But I'm looking forward to that day when I can say they graduated high school, they went to college, or they got a job and they working, they're taking care of themselves and they're doing well. That's that's what I'm looking for. James? Oh, I'm sorry. Will you go ahead? Um I'm sorry, go ahead, James. Go ahead, let it go for it. Um, I'm I'm just I'm just like all you guys. I'm just looking for that 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 graduation. I tell them all the time, I need that <laughs> when I get that diploma, we all right. So I'm just looking for them to <laughs> and grow and they want to do college. Hey, let's do that too. And uh, yeah. I just moved to their house because they had a room in my house. So that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> that, that's what I'm looking for out of my boys. Uh, all of that, you know, just I want them to have, put it like this. I just can't wait till they're grown and they're doing what they do best. So that's what I'm looking for. All right. So, right. Yeah. Where's that? Uh, Warren hit it right on the head. It's there's it's that added pride you know, to know that they've you know made it made it through. They didn't become a statistic or or anything right. or anything like that. You know they uh, you can they have done that. And, you know our my youngest turns thirty next month and uh, wow. and, and I know with you wow. know my youngest turns thirty and wow. that in and of itself just to see how all of my kids have 
succeeded in life in you know in general not without their own their own sets of challenges but they've made it um you know that first that day back in 09 where the first grandchild was born you know it is it, that's a big hit and I, I think besides watching them grow and live today i think that's the other one that just kind of really just kind of hits it home when that when that day comes guys when that day comes it, it's going to be a it's going to be a different feeling you you're not going to under more than understand so so my my one exceptional aspect of uh, my of raising being a father and raising my daughter has to deal with the the fear that I had when I found out she was coming and her mother told me she was pregnant uh, as I, as I said my fear was that I was going to um, be a, such a horrible father that um, that that she was going to be unhappy or she was you know, I was going to break my child in some way. And the, the one thing that gives me the greatest pleasure about my daughter is that she's proud of me. That whatever I've done as a father, what I didn't do was I didn't make her ashamed of having me as a father. And, mm -hmm. and that is to me, the biggest um, part of, of being a father, um, that, that, you know, she's willing to show me to her friends and, you know, she wants to be, hang out with me um, and, that, and that it's more than just, um, I'm her dad, but, but, but I'm important to her and her world. And so, that that to me is my greatest. So did, did uh, anybody want to add anything else before we wrap things up? Um, no, not really. But this was all right. I like this fellowship <laughs> going by fatherhood. I love it. Yeah, well, fellowship right now. Yeah, I, I think. All right. I think that. Um, so so part of putting the show together, I was thinking that there are a lot of young men who are reluctant fathers. Um, they, they, they get a, a young lady pregnant and we in society push them that this is their responsibility. You, you know, you brought the child here, you take care of the child. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we've just come out of a time period where we had the greatest amount of single parent homes where the father did not live in the home and may not necessarily be in a daily in the life, daily life of a child. And there were a lot of people that were raised by, you know, their mother or just raised by their father and don't have that example of the other parent to help influence them and their growth. And so I was hoping that by having this, you know, doing this podcast, that that we could impress upon 
if someone that you don't have to uh, be overly concerned about being a father or you don't have to shy away from it or you don't have to um, you know you don't have to run away from it that it has rewards well beyond just doing your responsibility so I want to thank you gentlemen for joining me this afternoon I really do most certainly appreciate all of your help in doing this I look forward to I hope you know all of you great success um, and you know we all we all laugh and joke because we, we we know each other I don't see James on a regular basis but um, I talked hmm. to Leonard at family Tim talked to Leonard at family <laughs> events and my brother Lynn I talk all to all the time and then uh, Warren so Thank you, gentlemen, and we'll, uh, we'll be back with another podcast. I'm, hold on, we got a, one comment here. Oh, okay. So I'm going to ignore that that comment. But anyway, thank you, gentlemen. All right. That concludes this episode, and thank you for listening. This podcast is designed for live listener interaction. Visit the website thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com slash home for details about how to join the conversation. The video version of Altitude Adjustment is available on YouTube. Search for Lions Den STL. And the audio podcast is available on Stitcher.com, Anchor.fm, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Look for Altitude Adjustment where you get your podcast and consider making a contribution by visiting anchor.fm slash altitude dash adjustment two. Remember, the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes because it matters. As always, be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you. <laughs>